Welcome back for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. I'm joined by my buddy Wayne Breezy Brown, and we are going to be touching upon everything that's going on in the NBA lately, um, including the playing tournament, looking at that final game coming up on Friday night uh, for the eight seed in the East and West. And we'll also be touching on the recent updates on Jalen Brown, his hand, and everything going on with that as the Celtics approach game one against the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday. First things first, before we get into business, Wayne, what's going on, man? How are we doing today? We're doing good, man. A uh, little rest, right? We get we get to chill out or, and, and get back our health and all those good things, though. But Saturday is coming down to the... It's going to come down to the get down on Saturday, you know. So I'm excited, right? Right now, I'm going to enjoy the break, let basketball do his thing, let it take his course, and then Saturday is playoff time, baby. I actually kind of like this about the playing tournament, right? You get a, like a little bit of like a nice little breather, and I think everyone gets a breather. So like uh, everyone who's covering the team who has to be going to games and stuff like that, you know, there's a little bit of a pause. And it also kind of awards or rewards, rewards all of the teams that end up being in that one to six spot um, in mm-hmm. the standing. So get a little bit of extra rest, come into those games with fresh legs. So surprise, surprise, the Atlanta Hawks take down the Miami Heat. Um, I feel like that probably surprised most people. I was rooting for it. For once, something actually rolled the Celtics way with this. I, I think you avoid a really tough opponent, mainly just the mental aspect. I think both teams clearly are flawed, but there are certain builds for each of them that pose different problems for the Celtics. I think the mental edge and the coaching edge definitely would go to Miami. And I'll be honest, like the fact fact of the matter is Atlanta played them off the floor and they looked damn convincing. Clint Capella had a massive game. Bam out of bio, not as impactful as you would have hoped. And now the Bulls are going to be facing off against the uh, Heat on Friday for that eight seed. That's a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tip off. And the Thunder will be playing the Timberwolves as the 930 uh, Eastern Time game. So it's going to be. Really interesting to watch how those games pan out. Uh, you saw, I, I'm surprised that New Orleans actually got knocked out. That was a little bit of a shock to me. But uh, I, 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 no Zion, no, which no seems Zion. to be a thing. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I just don't know if he's going to ever play in the NBA. But that that shot, uh, you know, my man B took, I felt like he got fouled on that, on that three-point shot. It should have been a four-point play, in my opinion. Uh, Ingram... Unfortunately, you know, it, it it didn't go his favor, but they ended up losing the game anyway. So some, it's some tough. Time. One they, of those they would have been they would have tied they would have had a chance to tie it. They were down by one when he hit that shot. It was a big shot by Brandon Ingram. Big shot. I don't uh, know if I, you cut. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I just thought he got hit in the elbow. Like I, I thought that's what I saw. I didn't catch the end of that game, but I did catch the end of the uh, Raptors Bulls game. I don't know if you ah, saw that. Uh, that another, one was good. That was game. good. Uh, yes. Did you see DeMar DeRozan's uh, door? Oh, man, the discourse around that is insane right now. Everyone's but, but, so upset. But uh, come on. You you mean to tell it's me. It's annoying. It's annoying. It, I'll admit it was it's annoying, annoying. But her screams, I mean, you heard them on the recording, but were they that effective at the game? They must have because the Raptors missed so many free throws. <laughs> they missed so many, and that's like, what they get. They should have yeah. never. They should have never got rid of Demar Derozan. All right, they yeah. should have made a made a way to make sure they kept him there. He was their franchise, in my right. opinion. 
roundabout way of getting revenge, I guess. <laughs> right. I am surprised that like the NBA <laughs> officials didn't say anything about it. Like that's the one thing I don't get. But yeah, weird, weird outcome there. Don't they know what's not, gonna happen with Tim. them. I'm going. I, I'm trying to get to the game on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to sit right in that same spot and I'm going to have some screams ready when they take free throws, bro. Oh, like, don't do that. You're going to get yourself in trouble. See, if, if it was anybody else, I feel like really? they probably would have been. I thought yeah. you could do that. What's the difference of waving the stupid things in front of their face? I think it's different than like full on screeching. There's I don't no know. Way though. They heard her though. That's crazy. Cause it's usually, it's like right next to the mic. I think. Oh, like, maybe it was right next to the mic. That's what it okay. was. She okay. was very, she was very loud. Like everyone at home was like, what the hell is that? Who is that screeching? And it's like, Oh, it's DeMar DeRozan's daughter. You, you know, those, um, <laughs> you ever get those pranks and people be like, watch this. And then, Oh yeah. The jump scares. <laughs> that's what it was. Every single free throw. That's what it was. They they probably were expecting it, and like you, like know it's coming. You're like bracing. You just tighten up. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I guarantee that won't happen anymore. NBA is gonna. It's probably gonna get a hefty fine or something. What are they gonna do? It's a kid. Like what are they they gonna do? They can find. They can find DeRozan. No, they'll talk to him about it. I bet they'll probably talk to him about it. Leave your daughter at home from now on. I mean, they'll probably do some kind of press release. This is always the issue with fans, too. You you always have fan interactions, but it's a completely different story when it's someone's freaking kid. Like, I don't I know. know. I'm not <laughs> mad at the kid. I, I thought I'm it was not. fine. You know, I, I, I thought it was part of the game. Hey, you hit your free throws regardless. You got to block all the noise out. Put some earbuds in. Shoot. That's how I look at it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it shouldn't it shouldn't have been the deciding factor. The fact of Raptors fans freaking out about it is very funny, though. <laughs> that whole franchise is going to be, you know, Let's I don't know what's going to happen to them. They're going to change I, it up. Yeah, it doesn't look like a nurse doesn't want to coach there anymore. So is it going to start with the coach? He's out. Yeah, I think there's a really good. I mean, he should be. I, at this point now, you you, I. I think at a certain point you lose the locker room. It's the same thing that happened with Brad Stevens, but fortunately I think Brad Stevens is a better GM than he ever was a coach. And that's saying a lot. Cause I thought that Brad Stevens was a really good coach and just everything that happened with the roster and the locker yeah. room, everything with Kyrie and then Canberra's injury kind of derailed the end of his coaching career in Boston. But for Nick nurse, it's been, it's been tough. I'm wondering if there's been other stuff going on behind the scenes. He kind of hinted at that. So like, I hope his personal stuff, like whatever's going on behind the scenes, I hope that's okay. Um, He's a tough coach to go against. And I don't like the way he complains to refs, but I still think that he is a talented coach and he could certainly get the most out of a roster if it's a roster that buys in. So Toronto's got a whole different situation to kind of operate with. And you're looking at similar situations with Miami, not to do with coaching. Like Spo's not going anywhere, I think, until he retires. But that roster is if they don't make if they don't get the eight seed, if they lose to the Bulls, that's another team that's probably gonna have to be looking at restructuring. That means moving on from guys like Kyle Lowry. Maybe you look at Jimmy Butler, but I mean, Jimmy's, you know, one of your best players, but getting up in age, that contract's massive. So who knows? You're probably going to get rid of Duncan Robinson if you can. They've got like zero financial flexibility because they have Tyler Harrow on that max deal too. So they've got a whole lot of issues to figure out in Miami. Um, The Raptors probably, you know, you got to figure out what's going to happen with Fred Van Vliet. He's going to be a free agent this summer. So that's going to factor into things. And you kind of wonder with Scotty Barnes and everything too, like what direction do you take? Do you, do you, what do you do with Pascal Siakam? You know, um, you kind of have to wonder where that 
whole team is going to be going. And Atlanta's in the same boat. We touched upon this last time and the 76ers to a certain extent. So fortunately, you know, based on everything that's been going on, I, I'm very, very grateful that the biggest concern that the Celtics have is talking about Jalen Brown and all NBA and all that crap. Um, and he had some comments about that. But while we're on the subject of Jalen Brown, this is from Chris Forsberg. I don't know if you saw any of the uh, clips and tweets and videos from practice, but uh, per Chris Forsberg, Jalen Brown practiced without limitations on Thursday, according to Joe Missoula. Jalen did some one-on-one defensive work after the session. Looked like he was utilizing his left hand more, probably just being cautious, but blocked a shot at one point. And so he did so without a wrap. There was no wrap on his hand at all. I don't have a picture or else I probably would post it. There's been no photos of what his hand actually looks like. I'm guessing we're probably going to get something on like Friday or Saturday at this point, but he is still all systems go. No limitations or anything going into that Saturday game at three 30. So it's about to be a bang, bang at look Atlanta, get ready. That's all I'm going to say. Atlanta, get ready. And and I hope they travel well. Cause they're going to, I just feel like the Celtics, we, we talked about this matchup, Celtics, the Hawks. This is the matchup that you and I both wanted. We wanted to kind of stay away from the Heat just because of the way it just seemed like the way it was matched up. You got the, you got the veteran coach going against a, a, a rookie coach and just things like that. Like, we wanted to stay away from those things. But for some reason, I just really like the matchup. And Jalen Brown is a fire starter. And so if you need to put some ice and cool down some of their guards, because that's to me, like, I feel like Trey Young, and 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 Murray, those are the guys that are going to try to get you all the points and do those things like that. I know you probably focus a little bit more on the bigs, but I want to I want to get that backcourt. Uh, I want to stop it as much as we can. Like, let Jalen Brown get to the paint. Let him do what he does. Get to that rim. And if this hand, this laceration or whatever he had on his hand is healthy, man, it's going to be uh, a fireworks. It's going to be Fourth of July in Boston. Yeah, I'm down for that. I think Jalen if he is healthy and there's no issues with it. And I don't think there are, I don't think he would be practicing today if that were the case, or he would have had it wrapped or something like that. So I'm wondering when the stitches are coming out. That's really what I'm wondering. But overall, I think Jalen going into this matchup, he's probably going to have a lot of family and supporters down in these away games. So, and if anyone's coming up that is, you know, from Atlanta probably has some love for Jalen Brown, especially because it's his city and area. So it's cool. I think it's cool for him to be able to go play on the road and play in his home state. Home, um, yeah. And I think that's cool. Like, I, there's a really cool aspect to that. Um, I know a lot of people talk about if he were to ever leave, like Atlanta would be the concern. I think Atlanta's got other problems to worry about. So I just don't think that's going to be something I, I would consider. But Jalen is definitely going to be a difference maker in this series. And I do wonder how the Hawks are going to defend the wings on this team, especially if they've got the depth that they've, you know, been able to utilize throughout the season. I think the guards are going to be a nightmare. A lot of people have talked about it. Uh, Andrew Doxy over at Celtics blog had put out a tweet where it's like, imagine if you're Trey young and you know, you've been, you've been guarded by Marcus smart for six minutes. And then they sub in, you know, Derek white and Malcolm Brogdon. Like you're just going to be absolutely terrorized for a full 48. (laughs) Like there's just going to be no way around it. That, that's why the Celtics went out and got Brogdon for what they did. You know, 
obviously the price was a little bit lower because you have to worry about his health and they've done a great job at managing it. And now you're going to be able to see Excellent job, Tim. Brogdon, Brogdon in the mix there. And this is the cool thing about the playoffs too, is that there's enough downtime in between games that guys are going to be able to keep as fresh as possible. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they kind of utilize their guards for me, like going into this matchup and we'll touch upon it after I, I mentioned a couple things from Jalen, but there's a lot of different things to watch for in this Hawk series. I know that the guards are going to be huge, especially when it comes to containing Trey. I, I agree with you. I think him and DeJounte are going to be the guys that you have to worry about on their offensive end. But I'm looking at those bigs for sure um, when it comes down to for difference makers. Now, Jalen Brown mentioned this, and as they get closer to the end of the season, this is always going to be a talking point. It's been a talking point now for a few weeks at this point now. Um Jalen Brown in all NBA. Yeah. I we we are in agreement, and I think a lot of people are that he deserves to get this accolade. And it, it makes it a lot easier for the Celtics to go ahead and throw him the bag because it means a supermax contract's on the table. And I don't think there's any world that the Celtics don't go ahead and offer it to him. Uh Brad Stevens' comments pretty much guarantee that. He's like, I think he should be all NBA. Yes. And the fact of the GM being like, yeah, he should be all NBA so I can just pay him all of the monies. Like, I will give him all of the bills. Jalen had some comments as well. And this is from the Boston Globe. I think I'm more than deserving. I've played nothing but winning basketball. I'm in the top 10 in scoring and I'm efficient. I've been available. What more do people want? And I don't think this is anyone in Boston who's like, you know, what what does Jalen need to prove? Like, I, I think this is just him saying, come on, like, what, what are we doing here? Like, what are, what are we arguing about? Yeah, Jalen Brown, is, he's one of the top scorers in the NBA. End of discussion. I mean, yeah. And this guy gets to the basket with his right hand, with his left hand, uh, twisting, turning. He's drawing contact now. And let's not talk about how his three-point per- three percentage has gone up over the years. He's improving every single year. There's only one area he has to work on, and I don't think anybody necessarily cares because a lot of basketball players just don't have the handle. But his it's just his handle. It's his over-pursued the basketball. Him thinking he has that l- elite ludicrous speed where he could fit between three defenders. He's getting better, though. You're watching him progress because now he's passing out. He sees the wall closing in. Oh, you're trying to double team on me? Wall's closing, boom, dish it out. It's probably because he's starting to trust his teammates, and this is what we need to see. And Jalen Brown is an elite scorer in the NBA. He always has been. He's been a high flower, flyer, excuse me. He's still got the bang bang with the dunk dunks, right? And he could shoot. How is it? And his defense is still good. His on-ball defense and his perimeter defense is still top. How is this guy not all NBA? I don't care if it's one, two, or three. He should be on one of those teams. Yeah, I think at the very least he should be third team. I, I think I don't think he'll make first team um, just because it's so dense. And this is really the problem is, is there's so much talent in the NBA, which is a great thing if you're a fan of the sport of basketball. It means that, you know, there's a lot of different athletes playing for different teams and they're all very impressive. And so it's a good problem that the NBA has. I think the only issue they have right now is just how it impacts contracts. And that's sort of how it ties into everything with Jalen. So ultimately, yeah, I think he should and will get all NBA. Uh, I think he ends up on second team. That's that's my pick. And I think that's where he should be. Um, just outside of that top five spot. And that's okay. 
either way, you know, they don't, it doesn't matter which one you make as long as you make one of them. And as soon as that gets confirmed, um, an interesting wrinkle with the new CBA is they're going to be able to, I think it's after game two of the NBA finals. I think it's like June 6th or something like that. As soon as that happens, you can start to negotiate with your free agents. So it's going to happen before free agency. So yes, you can negotiate contract right. extensions and stuff. So if it's on the table, um, the Celtics will definitely do it. And like, that's really what it is. They'll make that offer. And I think he'll accept it based on everything, based on everything we've seen in his comments and stuff. Like if you're worried about all NBA this much, I know it's a status thing, but it definitely comes down to pay. And if you're worried about that payday, then that means that you, you were going to sign that contract if you get it. So I think that should be encouraging for people who are worried that he's going to fly the coop. Um, but it does put even more emphasis on how important it is for him to get all NBA. It changes the trajectory of this team if he doesn't, because you need to give him this contract and you need to lock these guys up long term. And that's what's going to happen if, you know, he he gets that accolade. And, you know, again, he's deserving. It shouldn't even there shouldn't be this much discourse about it. But, you know, someone's going to complain about X, Y and Z when those numbers come out. Do, do you think his his position is what's going to affect for him to not get on it, right? Because is he a shooting guard? Is he a small forward? Can he go in as the small forward? Will they allow him to be the small forward? Because then he'll have he a better should. chance, right? He should. Yes, and he should. I mean, it gets tricky because a lot of the bigs fall into that category too. So it's like it's been really tricky with the forward spot, but he would have a better chance doing that. Uh, I, You can like look at breakdowns and stuff for lineups, and it'll tell you where guys were playing um, in the percentage of minutes and stuff like that. He's played the overwhelming majority at the small forward spot. So yeah, okay. he should be a forward. This is kind of, people can vote people in to those slots. So like you could slot him in at guard or forward, and that's where it's going to come in. It's going to come into play with, with the voting process because guys are going to be able to choose where you're going to put him in that mix. And if you put him at guard, it, it gets infinitely more complicated just because it's a denser position. There's so many good guards in the NBA and there are good forwards too, but I think he has a much better chance there. And I'm hoping that's what people end up voting him for. A lot of the rhetoric around Jalen Brown and this all NBA voting process has been, are you going to vote him as a forward? You know, <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon saying, Oh yeah, I think he's the best shooting guard in the league. And I'm like, I don't, I don't uh, underappreciate that comment. I think that was great and awesome. But a lot of people are like, just say forward. Don't say shooting guard. <laughs> Cause then it's just going to come back to bite him in the ass. So we'll see, man. I mean, uh, I'm hoping we get more good news on that. I, there's a couple spots on Twitter. I think you can find out or someone's tracking all of this all NBA votes. So like some people have put out, Hey, like I voted for so-and-so this is who I've got. So, yeah. you know, you've got an idea Malcolm Brogdon and Emmanuel quickly are going to be the two that are fighting for six man of the year. Joel Embiid seems to be winning MVP and he should, we discussed that too. But um, in terms of the votes, they've been in his favor as well. So just keep an eye on it, basically just kind of monitor it. And in terms of keeping an eye on things, um, we talked a little bit before we got on today, but with Atlanta, with this matchup against the Hawks and the challenges it poses, especially when it comes to, a smaller shiftier guard who's very capable of hitting the threes and shooting deep threes and, you know, taking, taking contact and getting to the line. What are you looking for in this series against the Hawks? 
Yeah, I'm I'm looking for them to find ways to contain Trey. Um because that's the guy that's going to have to go off to me every night. I know you were talking about their bigs. And so to me like their bigs in my opinion are are ineffective if they're, you know, if if I would say if we can box out and and not allow them to get second chance shots. I don't expect the Atlanta Hawks to come out there and shoot all over the place, but if they're missing those shots, our bigs or our guys have to find a way to box them out and not allow their bigs to get second chance shots. That's where Clint Capella and those guys figure out how to put that ball right back in the rim, right? Because it's just a rebound and go back up. It's usually a smaller guy on them. They go right back up. Boom. It's an easy two. And so I don't want, I'm not saying I, I don't want the Celtics to get in the shootout. We're hitting our shots. Cool. But they got to find a way to rebound and find ways to contain Trey because he's going to find ways to get to the rim. He's not going to just shoot all night. That's not what he does. He likes to get past guys and draw contact. And my only concern is if he is getting past that first layer of the defense and he gets down there near that rim, our, I, we need to make sure that our bigs aren't following him so that they're not in foul trouble. If our bigs get in foul trouble, it's going to be a tough night rebounding and it's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, and I think this is part of the reason why the Celtics went out and added the depth that they did. You know, you you saw them go out and get Blake Griffin, who's turned out to be phenomenal. And now you also have Mike Muscala, who's been gradually getting more minutes towards the end of the season. Luke Cornett's been getting minutes too. I don't know how much any of those guys are going to play. Um, they definitely will come into the fold if there are foul problems. I'm interested to see where the bigs kind of attack because I think that's really, for me, I feel like the bigs are going to be the make or break with this series. Don't get me wrong. Like I think the Celtics are a more talented team and they're better coached at the current time. Uh, This is not a shot at Quinn Snyder. I think he's a fantastic coach, but he also came in partway through the season. So it's a little bit tricky there, but for the Celtics going against the Hawks, I mean, you saw Clay Capella feast on the boards absolutely feast against Bam Adebayo. Um, he's kind of the only playable big for them, though. Not Clint Capella. I mean, Bam Adebayo for the Heat. But Clint Capella is a monstrous rebounder. And I think I think back to the finals, right? I think back about Kevon Looney. Looney was destroying them. And so I really want to see how the Celtics go about this. Like, how healthy is Rob? Is What kind of minutes is Rob going to be giving you? Or how are you going to utilize Horford? Because I think the big thing that the Celtics have, not for Rob, but the rest of their bigs, is the ability to shoot threes. And that's going to help because it's going to pull the bigs, uh, Atlanta's bigs, out of the paint. I think that's the big mismatch that they have there is that ability to stretch the floor. I don't think they really have a lot of that for Atlanta. They do have other sharpshooters, of course, like their guards are great. And Trey Young and DeJounte Murray are both players that I respect on the offensive end. But I, I'm looking at those bigs as really like the deal breakers here. Like you need Rob, of course, to be healthy. You need him to be the shot blocker and the rim runner that he's capable of being. And, and Al Horford being that three-point threat, he's going to be massive. Al Horford is going to be huge in this series because the way he's been shooting threes, man, yeah, <laughs> put him in the backpack. Yeah. You know, he's he's been playing great, and this has been one of the best seasons we've seen out of him, I think, in a Celtics uniform. He's been phenomenal in the way that they've been utilizing him and just his his overall offensive presence is going to be big for this team. Now I'm looking at that big matchup and just wondering, you know, how, how do they go about it offensively, defensively? I agree, it's got to be boxing out. And what do you what do you do in these instances? Like, what's what's the emphasis? Is it trying to get offensive rebounds? Where is it? 
how are they going to attack them is really my curiosity. And I think that spacing is going to be keys. You got to soften up, you know, their interior presence by attacking from deep. That's why those bigs are going to be so important. You're going to be able to pull their centers away from, um, you know, a position of comfort for them. Yeah. And it, I just I just don't want their centers to get stubborn. Like, so we have to hit these shots. Right. So Al Horford definitely has to be able to stretch uh, the defense out a little bit, as well as Muscala, if he gets any minutes in this particular series, which I think he will, because you got, you want to get away. You want to take away that rim protection and those rebounds. Right. And so the best way to do it is let these big stretch out from the corners and the top of the key, which they've been really good and allow them to shoot the threes. And the thing that I like about Al Horford, I mean, you mentioned him earlier. Look, the guy is just a godsend, right? So, like, the older he gets, the more fine wine he gets, right? I was going to so, say, age yeah, like fine wine. Age like <laughs> fine wine, right? And so uh, he still has the athleticism, all right? He's still, and the, the, the main thing that I like about him is his confidence, right? I don't remember him being this confident and shooting his shot. And so now he's not looking to pass it up. He'll take a wide open three in transition. He'll do things that, like we just don't think Al would do would have done before in the past. And so you can tell his confidence is there. And another thing, his leadership and these guys flock around him and, and they and they stick to him. And so Al's definitely gonna be a big part of the series. And what cool way how they managed him all season, they managed him like it was playoff time. No back to backs, right? And so now he's in playoff form. <laughs> this is gonna be a great, great series for the Celtics. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. The playoffs, again, are always a fun time. And it's cool to see him go against Atlanta again. This is a franchise that he played for a majority of his career before leaving for Boston. And obviously coming back and finding his roots again with the Celtics is cool. And he's going to be here for the foreseeable future for the next few years. So all in all, I think this is going to be a fun series. I think it'll be easier than Miami. Uh, Again, going back to that mental edge. But in terms of predictions, and I want to throw this at you before we wrap up today, what do you what do you think it's going to be? I mean, we swept them all season, so I'm just going to go with a sweep. I'm just going to go four zero. You know, I I was also going to say a sweep too. Make it I, I feel like it's it's overconfident, right? No, but, it's not. But it's it. They swept them all year. Yeah. I mean, they beat them. They they beat them all year. Some high scoring games. But they were able to what they won one by nine, one the first one they won by like eighty five thousand four hundred points, <laughs> and then the last one none of the starters played, and they, and they won. still won by a lot. You get what so, I'm saying? So yeah. it's gonna be tough. Now I get it. These are these. This is a series. But hey, it's we already beat them three times, man. It's I don't see them making that many adjustments. The only way to me the Celtics don't sweep them is if they just have one of those nights where they just can't hit a jump shot. Yeah. Or if they lose their focus. Right. And I think that's kind of what goes into it. But I don't foresee that happening. This is based on how they've talked about everything going into this final stretch of the season where they say, well, we're really just like waiting for the playoffs. And you hear Jason Tatum talking in presser saying, you know, this is what we've been working all year for was another chance to do this. And this is now the time for them to put their money where the mouth is. And so it'll be cool to see them go out. Don't they have a bad taste in their mouths? The way yeah. they went out last year. Motive, on, man. Yeah. Motivation. And, and, and on top of that, when you look at the Celtics, I'm not saying they're going to just look at this team as an easy, you know, easy sweep or whatever, but I just think they're focused. I think they're fully focused. 
And good luck to whoever tries to get in your way. Like, and I know I'm sounding overconfident right now, but I really feel like the Celtics are the more experienced team. They've been in the playoffs and they've been in some of these championship games for the longest since these guys were rookies. And yeah. It's so you gotta factor that in. Like these dudes know what it takes to get there. And all they do is keep leveling up every year. So Yeah. Just, it, yeah. Atlanta got that run. They had that one run where it was lightning in a bottle. But, like, that was also just, like, an unreal turnaround, and they haven't been able to recapture that since. You know, they were showing – I think they were showing, like, the all-time – uh, playing tournament record for the Hawks, and they're like five and one. But the turn, like the playing tournament's only been around for like two or three seasons, so like that's <laughs> not a good thing. <laughs> it means that they've been in it a lot. Right. So, <laughs> um, but going into this matchup, it should be good. Um, other than that, I think we'll wrap for today. I don't have anything else to add. If you do, feel free. <laughs> no, man, I'm just excited, man. I can't wait till till the weekend, baby. Oh, yeah, I hear that. Um, So we're wrapping for today. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for joining the Vitamin C's. Again, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, We'll catch you guys next time, and hopefully it'll be to talk about a dub. So deuces. Deuces. Cheers. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. 